Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Well, welcome back to the RCL. It is New Year's. Happy Can you New believe Year's. it's 2023? Yeah. It always seems to come so quickly, doesn't yeah. it? But Happy New Year. We're excited. We're always excited for a new year. It's like a new beginning kind of thing, Remember right? We used to sing Prince's song, We're Gonna Party Like It's 1999. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were singing that in 1980s, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, man, 99 seems so far away. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and here we here are. We are. Yeah. 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 So. Well, we know that you're probably sick of hearing about New Year's resolutions, but that's what we're actually going to talk about today <laughs> because we're just going to jump on the bandwagon because in actuality, it is something that we practice yeah. like in the new year or actually a little bit before the new year. We kind of, we do that. Yeah. We we talk with each other about it. We share with each other our dreams and our visions and our goals. Yeah. If you're married and you're listening to this, I would encourage we would encourage that you do this as a couple. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's a really cool thing. Yeah. Cause actually how this is, so this is coming out of a question. I was asked by a group of guys, if I would do a little talk about, uh, plant fruit living for the long haul, mm. you're saying, Hey, you know, you and, uh, Paula are in your 60s and you're still living the radical Christian life. And but I'm on the really early edge of 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just and I'm actually that. not there yet. I'm almost there. So anyways. Uh, you so, could have just said we were older, older and wise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, people getting into our age, it's it's harder and harder to find people living the radical Christian life. And they're saying, how, give, us some, yeah. give us young guys some ideas of how to do that. So I started brainstorming, then I talked to you and presented it and you, you know, we went back and forth. And so we presented this, but then we were like, let's make sure we're evaluating our life. Are we actually yeah. doing this again? So yeah. we're going into the 2023 with this. Yeah, with this idea. And I, I remember when you were a solo pastor and you were preaching every week and you had said some of the hardest thing is that it had to penetrate your own heart first before you could communicate it out. And that is hard because one thing that we never want to be are hypocrites. Yeah. Like if we're not actually going to do this and, but we're going to tell you what you should do. Yeah. You know, the do what I say, not what I do kind of thing. So, so we walk through this ourselves and we are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, so we're looking at this for not just for 2023, but 2023 and beyond. Mm. We want to look at how do these things not just affect us for this year, but for the rest of our lives. Yeah. When so we that's what we're the basing it yeah, on. So it's that's not what, just, uh, okay, I'm yeah, just going to do this for the year. And, you know, but we are looking at 2023. I don't have mm-hmm. a word for this year. Um, not I don't yet, either. But I'll probably yeah. just take last year's because I failed miserably <laughs> in what I wanted to accomplish and live for in the 2022. <laughs> oh, so wow. I think it's. Yeah. You get another year's reprieve. Yeah. 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 I like to say I'm such a great dynamic Christian. I fulfill <laughs> all of my commitments. And it's like, no, I wanted to do some personal spiritual growth. Um, well, actually, I'll just. I'll just confess. Can I just confess to you? you? And, uh, yes. Yeah. I just didn't do as well as fasting as I wanted to. Uh, it was a year of mm. fasting. I went away on, a, I did a 10 day fast and I did some other things, but consistently, mm. consistently mm. I didn't. So we'll talk it's, more about it's that. It's always but, that consistent thing yeah, that's yeah, that issue, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe no I should just do the opposite. Is. Maybe 2023 should be the year of eating. <laughs> 
Yeah, the year of ice cream. The year of feasting. Yeah, Yeah, can I do that? Can I do just the ice cream? You know, in heaven, I'm just. Is there going to be bluebell? You and ice cream. It's it's an issue, but hey, (laughs) bluebell, the best ice cream in the country. Any Texans listen to this? You you would just smile right there. You just smiled. Yeah. Okay. But the thing that we base this out of is uh, is a saying that we've said for a lot of years: sow a thought, reap an action; sow an action, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. Yeah, we've been saying it, but I don't know who we stole it from, but that's not ours. It I mean, that's ours. a famous yeah. saying, and we heard it years ago and put it in our file, and just uh, that's that's what we want to do. And it starts, we want to go from thought to destiny. Yeah. But the process, and most people do that. Most people dream and then just think it's going to happen. Yeah. But there's that whole process of action and habits and character and all that. So, um, so with that, let's get to... we. Basically, no, nailed it down to four areas. Yeah, that's why I yeah. just. That's uh, not too at. much, right? No, I don't, I don't <laughs> Actually, know. one could be a lot. Yeah, but. Exactly. well, the very first one could <laughs> yeah. be a lot. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So you know, take what hits you. Yeah. And, and I would even encourage you, like, pray through these and just say, okay, what what is something? Yeah, because actually, what we said is, hey, why don't we just talk about this ourselves? Because we were literally going to just do this on our couch, like we do. Mm-hmm. And by yeah, the way, we talk about it. First, and we said, yeah. okay, we did. We did talk about. It. We go. Well, why don't we just keep talking about it and just let the listeners listen to us yeah, having this? How this, we is, do this. So yeah. we're not talking to you. We're talking to each other about how <laughs> how we can make sure um, twenty twenty three what we do in twenty twenty three will affect not only positively that year, next year, this year, right now, <laughs> I say, but for eternity also. So yeah. Okay. So yeah. what's area number one we need it to is evaluate? Our habits. Our oh, habits. Yes. Probably yes. the hardest one. Like, okay, so it's the why do I do what I do? I love asking that question. Why do I do what I do? Yeah. I love asking that to other people. So people tell me something I'm like, well, why do you do that? Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's even I, like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't know. Yeah, there are times, yeah, yeah. you just do I, it. I follow a guy on Twitter who I really like, and uh, he, he's a Christian, lives in Europe, and he, he was writing, he goes, why when I should either be reading a book that will inspire me or I should be um, praying more. He goes, why do I find myself watching inane videos on YouTube? Well, I would have answered that. Why when you're supposed to be reading the book, are you on Twitter? (laughs) 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 You might want to take that back a step like that. Because we all do things like, why are we doing this? What are we we wasting time in that? Absolutely. uh, Yeah. But there's a good story and, you know, we love our our stories. So this is a great story. Illustration. A young newlywed watched his young bride prepare a ham for dinner. He noticed that his new wife cut off both ends of the ham and he asked her why. Because my mom did it that way, was the reply. So later he asked his mother-in-law why she cut off both ends of the ham. Because my mother did it that way, she answered. So one day he ventured over to grandma's house and asked her, Grandma, why do you cut off both ends of the ham? Grandma paused for a moment, leaned over and said, because the hams never fit into any of my pans. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good that's good yeah yeah and that's it why do we do what we do we just do it because we think there's some meaning behind it and it was has nothing to do with that the relevancy really of our weak life joke, oh, was good i like it because <laughs> yeah, it's yeah you can yeah. see that actually happening yeah like oh it's a tradition in our family wow just because i couldn't fit we it just in the pan. that's how it, it started yeah, yeah. So. yeah okay let's go a little more intellectual let's bring uh, aristotle into it <laughs> yeah. uh so the great greek philosopher he said we are what we repeatedly do 
That's good. We are what we repeatedly do. Mm. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Wow. Yeah. That that's right. That there. really does sum it up right there, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we want to be habits. excellent in that. So when we're thinking about our habits, you you know what the, the spiritual term for habits are? I believe it's discipline. The spiritual disciplines. Yes, yes that's right. That's yeah. just what habits are. They're just daily disciplines or weekly disciplines, rhythms. We talked about this. We've done whole podcasts. Yeah. If you haven't listened to that on our spiritual disciplines through the summer months, we walked into that into the fall. It's so it's so good and yeah. such a good reminder of us of what really is important, right? Yes, because th- so the habits are the spiritual disciplines that if you're thinking, what habits do I need to develop? What do I need? We can go read secular books and do all those things and they can yeah. help you maybe be something that's good. That's nice. That's not wrong. But why not do what Jesus did? Yeah. Why not start incorporating habits in your life that Jesus had in his life? And if you listen to our podcast, that's what we're, we try to tie in the dis- spiritual discipline. We don't try. We do. We tie in the mm-hmm. spiritual disciplines with Jesus. Yeah. And how he practiced them. Yeah, because if we want to do what Jesus did, we have to live the way Jesus did. Oh, lived. there you go. That is, let's say that again, because that's saying, that's what we said all the time in that our series of podcasts on the spiritual disciplines. But we still need to remind ourselves of it. Yeah, yeah. To do what Jesus did, you have to live the way Jesus lived. Yeah, you practice these habits. And then when you're confronted with uh, a spiritual warfare attack, I was just talking to somebody, it's just like, wow. I didn't realize how real spiritual warfare is. It's like, yeah, and you have to be ready. And if you live the habits of Jesus, you'll be able to defeat the attacks of the enemy like Jesus did, yeah. quoting the word of God because Jesus studied and meditated on the word, those type of things. So what are some of these habits? Though? We won't go through them all because you can listen to our other yeah, podcasts. But yeah. what are some of them, Paul? Yeah, well, prayer, study, meditation, fasting, silence and solitude, simplicity, and Sabbath. Why we're why I'm passionate about this is, uh, I, in fact, I told the group of guys I was when I was presenting this longevity, and I was talking about their habits. I'm saying I'm telling you, if you look at your life and you get off track somewhere down the line, I'll guarantee it's because you gave up on the spiritual discipline somewhere. Mm. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I just had a microcosm of this microcosm. That sounded like a fancy word. I don't know if that <laughs> micro illustration. I don't know of this in my life just recently. Because I just came back from a bad illness. I mean, I was fever sick. I wasn't COVID. It wasn't flu. I couldn't yeah, figure out what it was. Weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm doing the podcast were rough during that time. So I didn't go into a coughing attack. And, yeah. uh, but, but I wasn't practicing my discipline of fasting. And then not a mm-hmm. spiritual discipline, but the spiritual discipline of health. I wasn't working out. And I got kind of a little off track, eating unhealthy mm-hmm. for a period of time. Now, I want to be careful. God punished me because I didn't keep up my spiritual disciplines. And that's not it. But... But, but you reap what you sow. Mm. If you reap the spiritual disciplines and healthy habits, not just healthy physically, but I mean, just healthy, good habits, mm-hmm. you're going to reap the benefit of that. Yeah. And when you let yourself go and you don't do those things, you don't pray. You, how many people are stressed out right now, Paula? We yeah. meet and it's like, when's the last time you had some silence and solitude to yourself? Right. When's right. the last time you took a Sabbath and after you took a day off? Well, I'm in church. I can't. I've got to serve. Eh, if God could create the whole universe and take a day off, <laughs> you probably mm, could. Too. I think the church is going to survive if you don't. Yeah. You know, if you take a day What's off. What's that saying you say? It's not hard to know what to do. It's hard to know how to do it. No, no. It's not hard to know what to do. It's just hard to do it. Okay. Yeah. There you that's go. That's it. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, what should I do? Well, take a day off. It's in the Bible. It starts yeah. in Genesis. 
take a Sabbath. Yeah. Those kind of things. So yeah. that, that was a little preachy there, wasn't it? <laughs> okay, we're going to sing a hymn and take an offering now <laughs> and uh, close out our service now. But it just, I saw it in my own life when I got yeah, off my it, It's very obvious yeah. to us. You know, this is the whole thing about accountability and those components. Um, you know, Doug will sometimes call me out in a, in a great way. I love this about our relationship because we're not offended when we come to each other with, with different things. Yeah. You know, Paula, are you, are you praying? Yeah. Like, you know, you seem kind of angsty as, you know, is okay. And you, and you point me back to that. So can, I love can I, that. Can I give a go off on a tangent? Cause if you want to talk about how to encourage your friends, how to love your friends, how to love your spouse, how to love your children, how to love your parents and stuff. Well, use the Bible. Because when mm. I say that, it's not like my opinion. You know, Paul, mm. I think you should pray because I think it's a good idea. Eh, no, it's it's a discipline. It's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's something you do. But think about what the Bible's for. Many of you out there know 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. It's good for. What's the Bible good for, right? Mm. Well, for for teaching mm -hmm. and for... Um, Trying to think. <laughs> You're trying to think yeah. of the not yeah. the. Uh, I want to do the first the and the James fourth. No, I want to do the first <laughs> and the fourth. But but it's actually for um, all pro it's profitable for teaching, for correction, for rebuke, and training in righteousness. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, I always say we all like the teaching and training in righteousness, but it talks about for rebuking, reproving, mm -hmm. or for and correcting. I mean, challenging and correcting. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's what you're doing. So if you're seeing yourself get out of your habits or somebody you love starting to fall apart in their life. This is what you use the word of God for to correct them and get them back on track. So, you know, that's not mean, mm -hmm. you know, in this world no, where you we don't tend say, to we tend to think of it as criticism almost versus like, Hey, we just actually want to help. Don't challenge with your opinion, challenge with the Bible yeah, and let the word of God convict them. But, but that's part of loving people. So I'm just going off a tangent, but yeah. I've just been so caught up recently in my, just some own private research I'm just doing on the whole and it's a dangerous term to use, wokeism. You know, mm -hmm. But, you know, in the way words are now, like every word you say can be used as a words are weapons and you're offending me. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. This might hurt. You should fast. Okay, your health is a terrible thing. You should fast. Wow, who are you to judge me? I got freedom. I can do that. No, I'm not saying that in my opinion. This is what the Bible says. Jesus says when you fast. Yeah. Anyways, I know that's going off on a tangent, but I just well, it's kind is, of the it's kind of the target point of the rest. Well, really, and I, yeah, and what brought it's it, the center. Yeah. Like if we're thinking about it that way, it, probably most of these things um, are an offshoot yeah. in some ways off these, right? Yeah. And I and I just brought that up because you said, and that's how we challenge each other. Mm -hmm. You do the same thing to me, Doug. Yeah. And are you practicing what the scriptures say? So, yeah. okay, habits. Wow, that was a long. <laughs> yeah, that was. Long, but that that's one we really want to uh, evaluate, really not is. just for 2023, but for the rest of our lives. Are we continuing yeah. to incorporate that? It's the long obedience. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the second one would be our friends. And this is where 1 Corinthians 15, 33 really rings true. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Yeah. You you are who your friends are. Yeah, you know, parenting one hundred and one, uh, and and even with our kids, we, sh we we've talked and we've had open dialogue because when we moved overseas, things changed, and we were desperate for them to have friends and stuff. And sometimes we let our kids hang around kids that weren't good influences. Yeah, we just did. That was our, a parenting fail, we would say. Yes. So we encourage parents, boy, be careful who your kids are hanging around with. But how many parents stop and think about who are they hanging around 
And so hmm. uh, you're only going to rise to the level of the people who are around you. Uh, our we're yeah, really, our church preaches this a lot. Look around at who's who you're hanging around. Yeah, and uh, that'll tell you a little bit about your. Well, spirit. and a lot uh, of people tend to think that that's just a like the bad influence. Like maybe they're drinking, or you know, they're morally decrepit. Yeah, you know, yeah. we look at these big things, but it's the word of life thing. Yeah, it's who are people? What are people? And who are they? Let me try that one again. Who are the people that have the main voice in your life? Yeah. Are they speaking words of life or words of death? And that would go just not over friends, well, that but that's family too, yeah. Yeah, that, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's simply, are they pulling you up or pulling you down? Yes. And you know, what kind of friend are you then you can evaluate, hey, but. That, yeah, well, that that's actually a great point, isn't it? Yeah. Are, are we the ones that we wouldn't want people hanging around yeah. with? Yeah. yeah, I mean, just. I like that Arab proverb. There is an old Arab proverb that the friend who does you no good is like the enemy who does you no harm. Oh, you read that again. I like that. The friend who does you no good is like the enemy who does you no harm. Mm. And uh, you want your friends to do you good. Yeah. Okay. That's what you want. And uh, yeah, who you're surrounding, just (laughs) want to be careful. So, So I talked to these guys and they were like, well, I've got some negative people. Should I just go up and tell them I don't want to be friends with them anymore? <laughs> I was like, no, no, that's not the point. You live for Jesus, and most negative people or most people who want to live for the world will start to fall away from you. Yeah. They they don't like that conviction that comes from righteousness. Yeah. And uh, now there's some people you're going to have to hang around with. Yeah. But don't make them close friends. Don't make them yeah. confidants. Don't confide in them. Might they, be the office worker or yeah. family member. Know. Yeah. Family members, yeah. things like that. Garger. Let me give you a real practical yeah. example about this. Um, so, because it's something that I get asked a lot, like, what about people who gossip? How do you handle that? Mm-hmm. Especially in the workplace where you're thrown in with people, different things like that. I have this saying, loyalty to the absent. And if you if you would say, hey, let's be loyal to the absent, that's going to probably shut down some stuff. Or like what Doug said, eventually those people are going to stop coming to you because they know that because even if you listen to gossip, that is taking part in gossip. So these are just those practical things. Who are we surrounding ourselves by? Yeah. There are people that I intentionally stay away from. Yeah, I do. If I see them and I'm in a crowd and stuff, I, I kind of tend to um, make myself distant from them Yeah, because I realize, and I've even had family members like that where, you know, I was kind, um, but you know, I don't get into a lot of conversation yeah. with them. Now we're being on the negative. Let's focus on the positive. Yeah. Finding those people who inspire you to yeah. want to run the race well, Yeah, who encourage you in your parenting, who encourage you in your relationships and your, your single, your, they're encouraging Gravitate you in your towards them. Make it like a gravitational pull. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like move towards them. What do you mean you won't sleep with them? How are you going to get a guy if you don't sleep with them? You should sleep. You know, you don't need a friend who's going to say that to you. And you're like, right. God provides, God answers prayer. Yeah. Let's pray about it. Let's encourage one another to live for righteousness because, because we need friends. Yeah, we're gonna and friends are gonna influence you one way. We watched a movie uh, last night, uh, one of those Christian movies, and it really had an interesting scene. A guy coming out of alcohol, addiction and alcohol, and that, and he went to try and rescue his friend in the bar, and he went in the bar, and what's his friend immediately want to do? Hey, you want a drink? Hey, can I buy you a drink? You know that, I, and that's what friends friends are either gonna pull you, they're gonna try and pull you, because that's what we yeah. all do. We're gonna, yeah. we want you to be like me. That's. Yeah. But hopefully your friends are pulling you to, hey, you want to study scripture? Yeah. Hey, you want to talk about this theological idea or pray together? Yeah. Or, well, yeah. it's, that, it's that old illustration of if somebody's standing up on a chair, it's easier to pull them down yeah. than to be pulled up. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just 
it's just common sense, yeah. right? I, yeah, Chuck Swindoll. He, you know, he was an old Marine, and uh, he 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 tells a story. Actually, you you want you want to read it, or you want me to? You read this one, okay? Yeah. So this is, I didn't do so well in the in the ham one. So. I thought it was funny, but <laughs> thank yeah, you. I think that's why they listen to our podcast of our great humor and uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Somebody did say, you guys make fun of your own voices. That was kind of a hideous <laughs> podcast. So anyway, so yeah. Okay, Chuck Swindoll writes this, and this is a thought-provoking idea. An old Marine Corps buddy of mine, to my pleasant surprise, came to know Christ after he was discharged. I say surprise because he cursed loudly, fought hard, chased women, drank heavily, loved war and weapons, and hated chapel services. A number of months ago, I ran into this fellow, and after we talked a while, he put his hand on my shoulder and said, you know, Chuck... The only thing I still miss is that old fellowship I used to have with all the guys down at the tavern. I remember how we used to sit around and let our hair down. I can't find anything like that for Christians. I no longer have a place to admit my faults and talk about my battles, where somebody won't preach at me and frown and quote me a verse. It wasn't a month later when in my reading, Chuck goes on to say, I came across this profound paragraph. The neighborhood bar is possibly the best counterfeit that there is to fellowship to the fellowship Christ wants in his church. It's an imitation, dispensing liquor instead of grace, escape rather than reality, but it is a permissive, accepting, and inclusive fellowship. It is unshockable. You can tell people secrets, and they usually don't tell others or even want to. The bar flourishes not because most people are alcoholics, but because God has put into the human heart the desire to know and to be known, to love and to be loved, and so many seek a counterfeit at the price of a few beers. With all my heart, this writer concludes, I believe that Christ wants his church to be unshockable, a fellowship where people can come in and say, I'm sunk, I'm beat, I've had it. Alcoholics Anonymous has this quality. Our churches too often miss it. That's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. We often say at our church, we're a hospital, not a hotel. Yeah. And, and I love that. Yeah. So, so who are you surrounding yourself yeah, with? Yeah, do you have people where you can talk about your battles, admit your scars, and those things? What, yeah. What's one of the sayings we love to say? Not everybody needs to know your business, but somebody does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like that. So, that's yeah, so and true. that's the kind of friend you want that we want to surround ourselves. So that's things we're evaluating in our lives, yeah. in our own lives right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Now the third one is a little more personal. And instead of looking outward at other round, who's around me, our third one is our attitude. Yes. Yeah. You know, one of the questions that we could ask ourselves, well, there's a couple. Let me let me throw out a couple out there. Am I fun to be around? Am I a positive or a negative person? Which we kind of already talked about. And do people want to hang out with us? Yeah. It's so funny because your personality, just people just naturally, because you're just a bubbly nice person, you know, just you're fun, easy to talk to and all that. And I'm a little more intense, but we were just saying, uh, you're, you got to step back and be fun. Sometimes we had our little talk. <laughs> Paula goes, I'm fun. And I'm like, eh, yeah. yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so serious well, i think i actually i actually asked you for input yeah, i said am yeah. i fun and you kind of looked at me and yeah. uh yeah i i can tend to be serious so, so man if yeah. you've ever been asked by your spouse a question and you're thinking in your mind do i answer this truthfully do i answer <laughs> yeah. this truthfully yeah you can't answer it truthfully but uh, yeah just make sure you do it in love um put a lot of deposits in the in the account yeah. during the during the week so, or so months when or years yeah uh, but i want to actually i want to take i want to take a rabbit trail for a second oh. This is a marriage one-on-one thing. 
Yeah. Don't take offense. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, spouses need to communicate in love. But I think one of our greatest attributes in our marriage is we can be honest with each other. Yeah. And that's huge. Like, I, I don't know that in our early early marriage, it probably took a number of years to work this yeah. out because um, we're, we're well into it. But I do remember a turning point. Yeah. I do. A number mm-hmm. of years in where we thought, you know what? I don't have to be offended but yeah. this is the person who loves me and what they're saying is actually for my good. Yeah. So that's, that's, I guess I would say in the earlier years, that's when the fight would have started. Yeah. And now we can say that's when the growth happens. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's I way, like that. Yeah. That's true. Because, yeah. okay. So the first thing, when you talk about being fun, well, the second one it applies to me. Yeah. Are you negative or positive? And we've talked about that. The Lord's delivering me and still mm-hmm. delivering me, but mm. he's brought me to out of that negativity and trying yeah. to see the glass being half full and, Water's being poured into and it's overflowing. Yeah. But what is my attitude? Uh, that's that's a huge thing. Am I a negative or a positive person? Yeah. And then an optimist or a pessimist. Yeah. You know, does everybody have everything have a bad side to it? Yeah. You know, or do you see the good in it? Do you want to you are you the type of person that people want to hang around? Mm. That you're getting invited to things, that people want to do things or or not. And that's just mostly your attitude. Yeah. Now what do you, what do you, I would say it kind of like this, almost like, what do you bring in a room when you go? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What kind of atmosphere? What does it, does it get more positive? Does it positive inflate, inflate that or deflate yeah. the atmosphere? Yeah. I might want to think through that. Wah, wah, wah. You yeah. know, you're that, heavy, <laughs> that downer person who just wah, wah, when you walk into a room. And, uh, and, and yeah. So anyways, the, there's what's that saying about oh I, um psychosclerosis yeah, yeah psychosclerosis it's the hardening of the attitude yeah yeah <laughs> I, I like that because yeah. you know we get hardening of the arteries yeah. and all these things and man I'm, okay for you young you young pups out there listening <laughs> go getting old is interesting just so you know getting old first <laughs> you know the physical ailments and that and uh, yeah we get around older people our age and it's like wow it's really true we do talk about our pain, aches and pains it's <laughs> yeah. really like we got to combat this <laughs> yeah. you know and, uh, but the other thing is hey, as you get older it's easy to really practice that how do you say it? psychosclerosis or yep. whatever you really start your attitude starts hardening and you become yeah you can become that older bitter person complaining about the next generation and how yeah. bad things are and, you know, and, yeah. and oh we get around those people and it's like ooh yeah. that goes back to our second point our friends but ooh. you know even that we get around those people sometimes I'm that person and yeah. I have to be careful about it yeah like I, I, I do it's it's yeah. one of those um we we've talked about that as we get older we have to really guard it yeah. because I think that's a a thing like you see old mean people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see them in the grocery store yeah. where they're cutting me off. I'm like, what do you have to do today? Yeah, <laughs> but they're mean. So yeah, not so always. we've actually made a commitment. We've talked about this. We've made a commitment. We don't want to be that. Yeah, look around and yeah. just see what you don't want to be, and then start exactly. living life. So I you're used not. to uh, work in a nursing home yeah, when Doug and I were first married. I didn't do patient care. I did administration, but I was involved with the patients a lot because they would come near my office and I would have conversations. I've always really loved um, geriatric patients. And, but the funny thing was it not funny, but it, it was amazing to me to see the people who were positive and had a better life quality because of that versus the ones that were negative. And they probably all were always negative. Yeah. It's funny with age that what is, what lays hidden or what is part of who you actually really are really comes forth yeah. And so I just remember that it always made a big impact on my brain of who was positive yeah. and, and how that carried on through their life. So yeah, attitude. I, 
uh, I like the, I read this about from the Olympic skater for those who are a little bit older. They remember a guy named Scott Hamilton, famous Olympic skater. And uh, the guy's been through three brain surgeries. He had testicular cancer and, and uh, uh, really, yeah, it's been through the ringer. But this quote from him, he said, the only disability in life is a bad attitude. Mm. I mean, from a guy who's been through all that, but that's just yeah. so true. I mean, attitude, yeah. attitude, something you can change. Actually, Chuck Swindoll, I guess this is Chuck Swindoll day. <laughs> it must is, be. We I got another know, quote from him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he says, the longer I live, the more no, wait, I live. Wait, so you can't just jump into it. This quote, okay, you don't even know this. This quote is in my discipleship file. I printed it out and cut it out and put it, printed it on colored paper, cut it out. And I had this on my, on my board at the office when I was pastoring back in the day up on the board hmm. and it's still, so I still keep that in my file and pull it out once I in a while. I did not know. Well then in that case, I think you need to read it. <clears throat> no, I Cause it's yours. No. <laughs> okay. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other pe- people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past, nor can we change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We also cannot change the inevitable. The only thing that we can do is play on the same string we have and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitude. I love that. It's something you can change. You can handle. Yeah. And so I've literally had to wake up and just like, I need to be positive. Mm. I need, you know, I'm, this, is gonna, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. In. And literally, yeah. you can't change your personality. Mm-mm. Who you are, you know, you can adapt to it. Mm-hmm. But if you're more an introvert, it doesn't mean you got to run out and hug everybody and talk. And, you know, if you're more an extrovert, it doesn't mean you need to sit in your room and contemplate. Just be who you are personality-wise. Mm-hmm. But attitude is something we can all adjust. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we talked about our uh, habits. We talked about our friends. We talked about our attitudes. And what's the last thing we're looking at for 2023 and beyond? Our last one is our calling. Yeah. This is very important. Yeah. Just knowing who you are. I love the mm-hmm. story is uh, Bishop John Reed tells this story that there were two Aussies, Australians who don't know slang, <laughs> two Aussies <laughs> who were arrived in London and they stumbled in a bar drunk one night in a dense English fog. As they stumbled around trying to find their way to the docks, they ran into unknown to them, a highly decorated naval officer with a chest full of medals. And one of the Aussies said to him, excuse me, bloke, can you... Can I do an accent? <laughs> Excuse me, bloke. Can you tell me where where we are? Highly offended, the naval officer said. Officer said, "Do you men know who I am?" At which point, one Aussie turned to the other and said, "We are really in a mess now. We don't know where we are, and he doesn't know who he is." <laughs> See, this is why it's good telling jokes because you laugh. See, I, t- I realized you and you told a joke, I didn't laugh, and so that was my fault. So thank you. That's why I just want to tell you I was. Yeah. Felt very awkward, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, maybe Love somebody was laughing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's good. I like that. You know, if you don't know, doesn't know who he is, and 
So many people don't know who they're, so many people don't yeah. know their calling, yeah. what God has called them to do, what their skill set yes. is, what their spiritual gifts are, yeah. what, what their personality type is. And I was teaching a thing to my team the other day about leadership, and I really do believe that one of the biggest things is self-awareness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think, yeah. and I, that isn't just for leaders, that's just across the board. Yeah. So when we're saying calling, okay, let's define our terms, right? Mm-hmm. First act of the mind, you know, we're using this word. Define I'm not talking, we meet people like this all the time. God's called me to do this and God's called me to that. Yes, maybe, or maybe it's the pizza you ate last night. I don't know if you had some <laughs> dream or vision. I'm not mocking that, but I can't comment on that. Mm. What I'm using and how we're using this word is in the whole context of what Rick Warren calls shape, okay? Mm-hmm. How God has shaped you. Your calling as far as your personality. Your shape stands for your spiritual gifts, your heart or your passions, your abilities. P stands for your um, personality. Mm-hmm. And then E is your experiences. experiences. Yeah. All these things go to your calling that, um, yeah, even experiences. What happened and shaped you growing up, mm-hmm. your experiences help form your calling in your life. We've yeah. seen so many people, we just talked about alcoholics. How many people who grew up under an alcoholic parent, or they became alcohol themselves, have come out and found Jesus. And then their part of their calling is to go help addicts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what we're using calling that way. Not just that you had some existential yeah. dream or experience, which is fine. God, you know, again, what do we always love to say? You know, God had a human swallowed by a fish. Okay. God does <laughs> yeah. some things that, you know, are a little out of the ordinary. So if you have a dream or vision, praise God. And we're for that. But that's not how we're using the term calling now. Yeah. 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 So what are some things we're kind of questioning ourselves with on this? Well, I, I think that um, when we talk through this and we try to unpack it a bit, one of the first things would be stro- stop trying to be what I'm not. Yeah. You know, now there, there can be a line of that of maybe you've not tested out some of your skills or your abilities, but I think at the end of the day, we just have to accept how we are and who's got, how God has made us. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, I know guys who can do, or women, but I don't, I don't actually, I don't know any women programmers, but I'm sure they're out there, but I met guys. I know a lot of guys who are computer programmers and Mm -hmm. they love it. Mm -hmm. They love code. They love writing code. One, zero, one, zero, 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 (laughs) one, zero. And they thrive in it. And they, and I'm like, I did code for five minutes and I thought I was going to lose my mind, you know? And so you can do anything for a short period of time, but what, what, what comes out? What brings you life? Yeah. What excites yeah. you? And if not, why are you doing that? And so I would even say with that is we aren't necessarily even talking about your career here. We're talking about who you are. Yeah. You know, how, how you serve Jesus. How you, yeah, how you serve what in the church, how you serve like? the ministry and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean, we know. Which yeah. it, it really kind of leads into the second point. How let, much, me get, let, me, let me stop on that for a second. Let me just give an illustration of that. Sure. Yeah. If you got the spiritual gift and part of your callings is the spiritual gift of helps, you know, that kind of thing, th- then thrive in that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, mm-hmm. like, then just do it and, and just spend your time doing that. That's who you right. are. And like, no, I need to be more of a leader. I, you know, we got in an argument about that. Like everybody's a leader. No, <laughs> no, they're not. If everybody's no, a leader, aren't. nobody would follow. It's not wrong to be a follower and trying to lead when you're not called to lead is a miserable thing. So that's would be an example of what yeah. we're saying there. Yeah. yeah. And then how much time do you spend developing your calling? Yeah. Like, what does that actually look like? If you really have a heart and a passion for something, what does it look like for you to do that? So I was sitting with these guys, and most of them are wanting to be budding uh, pastors. And I gave them an article, and we went around the table reading it. 
and I'm listening to the reading and I stopped and I said, guys, you want to be communicators because that's part of the calling of being a pastor, an elder, when I'm using pastor in the terms of elder, being able to, being able to teach. Word. Yeah, you got to be able to teach. I go, you can't be a boring reader of God's word. It's the most exciting book ever written. It's the greatest book ever written. And you can't just read it monotone. Jesus said, you know, come unto me, all you are heavy. What? No. So I said, when you're at home, practice reading scripture out loud. I used to do that. Mm-hmm. I think you thought I was in like having some weird experience. I'm in there. What is he? <laughs> who's he talking to? But I'd practice my reading skills. Mm. And so that's just a simple way of telling people, develop the skill you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. how much time do you actually spend in it? Yeah. And then what excuses do I hide behind to prevent me from thriving? No, that's okay. We can't just blow over that one. So stop no. for a second. What excuses do I hide behind to prevent me from thriving? Mm. If you're not thriving in life right now, are you using an excuse? Because mm-hmm. God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 1.20. All the promises of God that he will bless you, he will make you fruitful and prosperous. And I'm not talking money. I'm talking success. Do you see Proverbs 22, 29? You see a man skilled in his work. He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure people. Mm-hmm. What excuses are you hiding behind? Mm-hmm. That was confronting for us. When yes. we started talking about this, and I'm even confronted yeah. right now, I was like, eh, yeah. eh, what is Because that? sometimes there's fear behind that. Yeah. Other things. Yeah. So. So those are our four things we're kind of looking to for 2023 yeah. will and you, beyond. Will you say them again, please? Yeah. So the first one is going to be our habits. Mm-hmm. We're, we really need to look at our habits. Yep. See how we are. Our friends, are they pulling us up? Or are they pulling us down? And are we the kind of friends are pulling people up or pulling people down? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that boy goes into the next one, our attitude. I don't like hanging around bad attitude people, but am I a bad attitude person? Mm. You know, that kind of thing. Am I, am I, what is it? Somebody who's hurting, am I the person who rubs their soreness out or do I rub it in? You know, mm. do I say things that help them feel better or do I say things that hurt them? Irritate you know, my the attitude. Yeah. yeah. So what's my attitude? What, how are people perceiving me? And then last is, uh, our calling. Yeah. What has God called me? And am I thriving in it? And am I developing it? And am I using it for God's glory? Yeah. 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 So we're going to end by asking two questions. Where do you hope to be on December 31st, 2023? One year. Do you hope, where do you want to be on the day of your death? Like, what do you hope that is written on your tombstone that that people know you by? Mm -hmm. We really do believe by examining and adjusting your life in these four areas, it will help you to be excited for the future, for the days ahead. Yeah. You know, that's what we're, yeah, for our yeah. Lives. I met with a young professional recently and, um, top, probably almost at the top of their game for where they are, um, in their profession at a very young age. But my question to them was, but what have you done with Jesus? Yeah. And they were, they were going through that whole part of the calling. What, what is next? What do I need? And you know, that, that's our, our encouragement for you as you walk into 2023. I love this saying, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last.